0: Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful intangible culture. culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves, it's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand. The true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Jamie J.
1: righty, welcome back to another episode of Culture Eat Strategy with yours truly, Jamie J. And uh, We're going to have a lot of fun today talking to a lot of Murata Andrew Marada who is the author. If you can see this, he sent this book to me. He autographed it and everything. Pretty freaking cool. Um, if you are just listening to the audio version, it's called the principle surviving and thriving 125 points of wisdom, practical tips and relatable stories for all leaders. Um, in full transparency, I just received the book yesterday as of the day of this recording. I have not read the entire book. However, I did read the intro and I skimmed through it and ran a couple different pages just to get an overview of it. And I got to tell you, it's some good stuff. Uh, If if you all know me, I I receive a lot of books um, and this is definitely one I'm going to be jumping into. Now, while I may not be uh, an educationally based program uh, podcast here, I'm really excited to have uh, Andrew on. Uh, who is a principal. You're you're a principal right now, Andrew, right? High school principal? Yes,
0: Yes, sir, Jamie. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What does that have to do with culture? I think everything in the entire world. And we're going to be jumping into that a little bit, um, as well as talking about his book. Um, So before I start the conversation here with Andrew, I want to go over a little bit of his background. And to let you know that he's a very energetic and enthusiastic leader who has put his positive imprint on his beloved Port Jervis High School in Port Jervis, New York. With the release of his first book, The Principal: Surviving and Thriving, that we just talked about, Andrew's expanding his impact on education, leadership, community. In his personal life, Andrew is a loving husband to his wife, Jennifer, and a supportive father to three young children. In his professional life, Andrew has been at Port Juris High School for 15 years, serving as assistant principal for seven years, and then getting the promotion to the principal for the past eight. He's led the transformation of PGHS, that's Port Juris High School, helping to raise the graduation rate from a low 60% to a mid and upper 80%. Super massive, massive congratulations, as a husband, father, principal, former Division 1 ca- college basketball official, adjunct leadership professor, professional speaker and developer, Andrew Marotta balances his busy lifestyle and now shares with you the tips, tricks, procedures and methods he uses to make it work. Take one or all the tips in his book and make them your own. One day at a time and one wisdom point at a time you'll be better tomorrow than you are today. So enjoy the fun and energetic read.
0: And without any further ado, Andrew, welcome to Culture Eat Strategy, Jamie J. Thanks so much, man. I am pumped to be on with you. I got to get my beard going.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love, I love the beard, man. I got to, I got to say, but I'm, I'm even more stoked to have you on today because normally I'm talking to regular business people. I don't want to say regular. I think everybody's extraordinary, but it's more business oriented. What? in the
0: heck does culture have to do with being a high school principal? Yeah, you said it perfectly, Jamie. And before I answer your question, I just want to give you a shout out, man. You're doing great work. I listened to a number of your podcasts. I certainly subscribe. You got the beard, the logo. I love the logo. (laughs) Uh, You know, leading with kindness, uh, Jamie, that's that's powerful. You know, uh, men, there's a lot of testosterone. There's a lot of look at me. I got this going on, but you know, that message of leading with kindness and, and your word of the year, listening, right. Those are powerful, man. Those mean a lot. Uh, so I dig that. I dig the work you're doing. And, uh, that logo is killer, man. i pre- it. Uh,
1: thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, but like, you know, you read that nice intro. I appreciate that. Uh, 15 years in Port Jervis, they've taken me in as their own. I'm a member of that community And it's all about the culture. It's all about the relationships. Yes, our scores have to be a certain way. Yes, we need technology in the classroom. Yes, we have to uh, be hitting certain marks, right? They, you know, what gets on the cover of the paper, right? Um, It's those scores, those attendance rates, those SAT rates, the graduation rates, all of those things, but it's how are you getting there? It's, you know, the things that you're doing. It's the, the, the kids that want that when they come to school. And if you have a clean school, you have a safe school, you have teachers that love kids. Those things are going to happen. Right. But if the kid is miserable and they don't want to come to school, you know, they're not going to do well. Think about when you were in school. Right. We're trying to create a super awesome culture that kids want to come to. Um, you know, I mean, you think about school and rules and bells and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, we have that stuff. But one of my mentalities is loose and tight. You know, there's certain things that we're loose on as long as the kid is doing the work and, in, and involved in the class. So what if they have their hat on? So what if they're 30 seconds late? The kid has a 90 in the class and they're killing it. They raise their hand six times. You look past those things. You know what I mean? So it's all about the culture. Um, you've mentioned you had a lot of business people on and. Um, you know they got to produce products. They got to get the, the the bottom line and all of that kind of stuff. And and we do too, but our product is kids, and mm. you know we're, we're this that's they want to be part of something cool. So it's all about the culture. I, I love
1: that. Now, is there a specific a specific vision or a mission that the that that the school has? that maybe um, has taken you from that 60 to 80% uh, graduation rate? Is there something that's written on the walls? Is there something that's repeated in the classrooms? Is there something that the kids actually buy into? Or is there something else you have going on to see that
0: realize that success? Yeah, that's a great question, Jamie. And there's a lot of things, right? There's a lot of things that are getting to that. But really, I think what led the way and, and the forefront um, is our motto port pride. Um, we, there was not a lot of school garb and gear and, you know, you hear schools on casual Fridays, right? Like people wear jeans and it's, you know, we have port pride Fridays. Uh, it started with our simple logo. And, um, you know, we used to be the red Raiders and there were the Indian heads and all of that. There was a big rock, ride. where big Friday nights, lights, football country, and all of that cool stuff. And, um, the, the Indian went away uh, for a lot of reasons. That's a story for another day. Um, we were left with a logo, right? And, and when I got there in 05, it just, the, people didn't have it, right? And, the, and we had this quirky science teacher. He's still with us. He had it on his lab coat. I said, that's awesome, man. Would you get that? He's like, oh, my brother-in-law runs this cool shop. Uh, Tom Fagione runs the Army-Navy shop in town. He said, he has a logo. I, said, I went down there, I have some shirts. I put the shirt on. Uh, we added the word pride underneath. And people dug that, man. They just got, where'd you get that? Boom, boom. And then every fundraiser, everything out. Um, we added GoPort to that. We say that every day. Um, and the community, the kids, they got behind it. Everyone's wearing black and red on Fridays. Um, our logo is everywhere. You know, think of those famous sports teams. I know you're out in Missouri. Uh, I was just in, in Wisconsin, right? It, the Green Bay Packers, the New York Yankees, right? Those logos, right? Your logo, sweet. <laughs> our logo that port logo uh it just it's everywhere and people rally behind that yeah port, what does it mean to you that's you know we ask interview candidates that question now um we're painting things in the town black and red what, what do what do some of the people say when you ask that question what
1: what what are some of the sponsors like what does that logo mean to you what what do you hear
0: yeah. And it's, we have deep roots in our community. Uh, generations have, have come, uh, through our town. We're about an hour and a half Northwest of New York city. It is the furthest area out of New York city that New York city uh, firemen and police can live. The train line runs down to the city. Um, community, it always goes back to community, their hometown, uh, a small town in upstate New York. And, um, it goes back to you know generations of, of where they came from. Um, we're a rebuilding uh, train town. Uh, you know, the, when the trains went away, a lot of business went away. And, and New York State, we're on the border of New York and New Jersey. New York State's expensive, so where mm-hmm. did a lot of our business go um, across the river to Pennsylvania? It's cheaper, um, so we lost a lot of business, which lost a lot of tax revenue and affected the community. Well, we've had a resurgence. And schools are the community, and the community are the schools. Uh, we recently just had an article celebrating the city in uh, the, uh, the New York Times, which was like a home run for us. Wow. But I felt like there was like a black cloud over the community, right? And with this, the school revising, our town growing, uh, you know, I feel like there's bright sun there now. So when people say, what does Port Pride mean to you? It always goes back to community. It goes back to helping one another um, and just reinvesting uh, in our relationships and, and and our community. I love that you had mentioned earlier, uh, and I'm
1: I'm really fascinated by what your answer may be here. You had mentioned earlier that uh, if someone's getting uh, you know a ninety in the class uh, and they're thirty seconds late, or maybe they're wearing a hat in the class, apparently. Maybe hats aren't allowed in school. I'm, I'm assuming from that comment, but he, he's wearing it. At what's the big deal? How do you communicate with your staff um, so that they they understand what what this vision is that you have, what you aspire the school to be uh, in a certain amount of time, or what you know what's okay, what's not okay? How, how do you, how do you communicate with them so that they feel empowered to you know take on this new initiative?
0: Yeah. And again, you, 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 great question, because people want consistency. People want, uh, the rules enforced and they want it consistent, but what might work for Jamie J might not work for Joe Smith. That might not work for Mary Jones. You know what I mean? We yep. want to give your show is about culture, right? And mm-hmm. I was waiting for the question, Andrew, how do you build culture in your school? Um, because it's, it's different in schools. There's no bonuses, right? You're not hitting a certain mark. The teacher that has a 95% success rate or the teacher that has a 60% success rate, they're making the same money, right? And unless something really bad happens, neither one of them are going to get fired. There's right. things we could do. People get in trouble, they get written up or whatever, and there's things that we could do. But it's the mastery, autonomy, and Purpose that motivates people to want to do good work. It's from the great Simon Sinek and his TED Talk, Mastery, Autonomy, and Purpose. That's what I have adopted. So I want to give the teachers autonomy in their room. There's some Mm -hmm. old school, it went to the Supreme Court. If you Google Port Jervis Supreme Court uh, hats in schools from our school, it went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ruled. A hat is a distraction in the classroom, and it must be taken off, but they're allowed to wear it in the hallway. So there are some teachers, old school, that live and die by that. It's that old school respect. You take the hat off at the table, right? You Mm. take the hat off in church, where there might be some priests somewhere. They're happy you're at church, and you're committed and faithful to God. They don't care you're wearing a hat. Who cares? Wear shorts. No little dress suit. (laughs) It's the same thing. So the teacher that wants that hat off and they're right within the rules, I want to support that. But the the teacher that doesn't care about the hat and is digging the hat and and is doing a contest to wear a crazy hat to get spirit in their classroom, I want them to be able to do it too. What we have to communicate to the kids is, you got to know the audience. you got to know the rules. You know, cell phones, Right. Cell phones are a huge distraction. Kids are on the phones all the time. The boom. Adults are on the phones all the time. How do you do that? You've got to give the teacher mastery, autonomy, and purpose. The teacher that's digging technology might be having those kids do, doing surveys and doing things all the time on the phone, and they're interacting with them. Yet the English teacher that wants to read the passage and bring those kids in, I've got to have them have the ability to run that classroom. So that classroom is a red zone. And that means the phones can't be out. And the kids have to learn how the differences between the teachers and the teachers have to give clear expectations. That's what's going to create a cool culture Mm -hmm. and a supportive culture because the teachers have some freedom and autonomy and the kids are learning, you know, not just X's and O's and and, and one, two, and threes, but they're learning what I can do here and what I can't do here.
1: Oh, I love that. It kind of establishes boundaries for them. Absolutely. And then with the autonomy that the teachers have, it's, it's almost like you're empowering them to kind of play within their own zone, no micromanaging, anything like that. It's the old basketball uh, analogy I like to use. You got the basketball court going. You can run up and down the court all day long, take three pointers, do whatever you want to do. But the second you stop out of bounds, I have to blow the whistle. I have to take the ball back. I need to figure out what happened. Then we'll put the ball back in play and go to it. I love, I love the fact that you do something like that. How do you communicate with your teachers? You know, what, how do they, how do you communicate? Yeah, how do you communicate with them? I, I was going to go somewhere else, but I, I'm going to yeah. wait for you to answer that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's a challenge, right? Um, there's a great book out there, uh, you know, Leadership by Wandering Around. The first thing is I got to be visible. I want the kids to see me each day. I want the student, uh, the Uh, teachers to see me each day. You know, there's that philosophy of an open door policy. I'm available, I'm accessible, but I I run my office and and my building uh, with appointments. And if a teacher needs to see me, you you know what, Jamie, that's a great point. I'm going to a classroom right now. Uh, I know you got lunch fourth. I think I have some minutes. Go see Jean Marie. Jean Marie is my secretary. Go see Jean Marie, text Jean Marie, you know, get on the schedule. You know, Jamie, uh, Jamie, I know you need to see me can you come in a few minutes early tomorrow? I got some time for you. I'm always going to make time for the staff. Uh, they're my people, right? And I'm there to serve. Uh, I am not the principal sitting in the office uh, that you are in my domain and come on it. No, no, no. I am there to serve the kids, that community, and my teachers. I'm not a doormat, but I'm there to serve for them and I make myself accessible to them. Um, we have monthly faculty meetings. I go to department meetings. I do surveys. Um, but then I rely on my best people, Jamie. People that have the pulse of the building, right? Tell me what's going on. Hey, I'm thinking of uh, uh, having this initiative where everyone needs to get a cool super beard. You know, How do you think that'll fly with the staff, right? I feel those things out with my best people. Um, because you have a
1: core team, core. core uh, is, so we have, is, do you
0: confide in them at this point or is it more information gathering? both okay both you know um i float some things out uh we run some pilot programs for example i'm trying to look if i have it within reach here and i don't for example again the phones are a big thing right there are some master teachers they don't have any problems with the phones they have relationships with the kids and they say you know this is what it is and the kids and they're also engaging right Mm. if people are listening to this podcast and i stink or you stink they're going to change the channels. They're not into what we're doing. If we're not giving the energy, if we're not uh, making great radio and making great podcasts, you know, same same with teaching, right? So yep. some of those teachers don't have the problems um, with the with the cell phones. But I, 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 I there's a new uh, invention out there. I'll give a shout out to my buddy uh, from Minnesota. Cell slips. They're bags that the the kids put the phone in, and it blocks the notifications. A lot of comedians are making people put their phones in them, not because they're filming them or taking pictures, because they're on the phone and they're missing the jokes. Oh. Yeah, cell slips um, is is something. So I want to give that tool to some teachers. So we had some teachers pilot that in the spring, and I ordered 500 of them. Not Mm. every teacher wants them, but if you want that, if you need that in your class, I want to give you a tool that you can use so that I'm communicating. Uh, But I'm constantly, today, uh, at, at work, I set up Google Classroom, Jamie, in my, uh, for my staff. They're all going to be in my classroom. I like to send out articles. I like to send out podcasts. I like to send out all that stuff. And previously, I was peppering them with emails. Oh, right? wow. Getting all these emails. Now, it's all going to be in, a, in one, one spot for them. So now I'm not peppering them, but they have an opportunity to look at those things. As you mentioned in the opening, a lot of marauder. Right. But I, w- I want to drive our school to be better. I want to continue to increase our community. And how are you going to do that? you got to inspire your people. you got to keep raising the level without driving people crazy. And I don't want to drive my people crazy. I want them to feel supported and, and, and continue to do a good job and, and uh, feel acknowledged for the hard work they're doing. So I communicate in all of those ways, acknowledging uh, for the teachers that go to an awards assembly at night contractually, they don't have to be there. But I get excellent attendance at those things because my teachers love our kids and they know the kids want to see them there. Mm. And they go. So the next morning, you're damn right, there's a note in their mailbox saying, hey, Jamie, thanks for being at the awards assembly last night. Thanks for staying extra. I'm going to see the kids' games. Not only do I have coaches that are coaching, but then I have teachers that are in, sta- in the in the stands watching the kids. You're damn right I'm going to take 10 minutes and write little handwritten notes and saying, Jamie, thanks for going to those game the game last night. I saw you in the upper uh, row there. It's those types of communication that people uh, like and appreciate. Um, But like everything, I got to do it in a variety of ways. Yeah. Google classroom, personal notes, text messages, all of those things.
1: It's nice that you don't rest on your laurels of your past success. Uh, You're always learning, always growing. I think that's an excellent sign of a good leader. Uh, number one, because things happen, things change. And just because you won a game last week, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean you don't have to practice this week. And you don't have to get ready. You know, you're playing maybe a different team. There's different strategies. There's different things you have to do. There may be different plays, different ways of communicating. So you're always striving. And it's really refreshing to hear you talking about, um, all of the things you're doing, a lot of Murata, all the different aspects of that is fantastic. Uh, just kudos to you. Uh, yeah. Congratulations.
0: Thanks, man. And it's a blessing and a curse, Jamie, because sometimes, you know, a negative of mine, I, I got to make sure that people know I am happy with the work they're doing. And it is, it is, right? But sometimes it comes out. Uh, he always wants more. You know, He how, how can we improve upon 95%? You know, but I have a growth mindset. I also have a mindset of we could always do better. You know, we could always do better. And that's just, a, it's just one of my philosophies. But sometimes it comes out that he's not happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I love my school. I love my community. I think you're a great teacher. But we can do better. We can always add something. And each year, what's different about schools, too, each year we get to go back and do it again. You know yeah. what I
1: mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I love it. It's cool. That, that goes to the point. I, w- I want to be respectful of your time, but your book here, uh, The Principle of Surviving and Thriving 125 Points of Wisdom, Practical Tips, Relatable Stories for All Leaders. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. And thanks, uh, Jamie. Uh, I'm glad I was able to get it to you. Look, getting <laughs> close up. You know, Jamie, you got a cool beard. You see that, my hair there? I had to fill in a little bald spot in the back. I asked the, <laughs> the tech guy, can you fill that in a little bit? I a little bald spot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, but that's authentic right there, the cover. I got my walkie-talkie. I got my schedule. I got my notepad in my hand, the pen in the ear, right? You got to ready. All my tools. Um, but the story is I went to a, a college class. Uh, my friend, Dr. Rob Gilbert. Uh, Jamie, you're a kind dude. You're a good dude. I'm going to give you this number. You might want to reach out to Dr. Gilbert. He's the man. He runs the Success Hotline. I'm going to give you a number. This is not a gimmick. It's not a joke. 973-743-4690. 973-743-4690. This is about three or four years ago. Uh, My friend Jared Kamar, principal in Port Jervis District, um, gets connected with Dr. Gilbert. Dr. Gilbert runs Success Hotline. He's a college professor at Montclair State University. And he runs a course, uh, you know, a number of courses in sports psychology. And um, he gave an assignment in 1992 that the kids, the students, had to call into Success Hotline. And they had a, you know, he left a three-minute message about success. And he kept doing it. Every day, Jamie, since 1992. And when we're done with this podcast, I want you to call that number. And guess who's going to be on there leaving a three-minute message about success? Dr. Dr. Ron. He's up to 10,300-something. It's unbelievable. Oh, so I go to his class, and uh, I speak with his students, and him and I hit it off. And he said, Andrew, you were great. I loved it, man. And he was, I love him. He's, he's my man. And he says, you, you know, you were fantastic. He gives me 10 books, Jamie. 10, two of them were his. And he says, where's your book? I said, Dr. Gilbert, I can't, I can't write a book. I'm a high school principal. I, I'm, a, I'm a dad, I'm a referee. I said, I don't even have time to go to the bathroom. He said, Andrew, you were awesome. You've got to write a book. It was great. I said, I don't have time. He said, make the time. He said, tomorrow at work, write down everything you do as a principal. He said, just write it down, start there. You know, I got thinking, I don't have a lot of patience. I got a little ADD going on. On the way home, I wasn't texting and driving, but I did talk to text. I had 60 things, Jamie. The next day at work, I had 40 more. So in less than 24 hours, I had 100 things that I do as principal that just flew out of me. And then I said, I got something here, we gotta do this. Let's roll. So once I had the things, it was easy to fill them in because I do them every day. Yeah. I you, Jamie, write a book on how to how to um uh, do a podcast. Jamie, write a book on culture. You you'd be talking a text for two days, man. You know what I mean? All the things that you learned running this podcast. Start start writing it down. I'm telling you, you're gonna have a book soon, Culture Reach Strategy. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. And then I had a book. Uh, oh wow. That's what happened. Yeah. Oh, that, that's
1: fantastic! Um, so, how do people learn more about you? How can they buy the book? How do they how can they support you? Um, and yeah, just
0: how do how do they get involved? Yeah, my website, Jamie, is AndrewMorada I'm on Twitter at AndrewMorada twenty one, and certainly people can buy it on Amazon. You know, but I, I I bought a bunch of books myself. I have them right. I got books. I would I would rather sign them and send them to school districts. And what's been happening, Jamie, I love it. Um, districts have been reaching out and I've been running workshops for their school leaders, um, people in their building. I'm connecting with different principal associations. I had a great uh, session at the National Principals Conference in Boston. Uh, I'm in touch with the um, Missouri um, uh, principals group here. I'm hoping to come out your way and connect with them. you got the great Todd Whitaker out there in, uh, in Missouri. He's, he's the man. Um, but that's what 's been happening, and uh, it's great, so uh, they can reach out through my my website on Twitter uh, or my email is Andrewrew Lc at gmail.com and uh, we can connect that way too but it's been a cool journey. I get to meet people like you and uh, it's just it's really been cool. Yeah, congratulations um, it's
1: pretty neat i can I can really see how what you've done from a cultural standpoint because there's a lot of systems and processes that need to happen. Um, There's rules and regulations that need to happen. Uh, And it's whether or not those rules and regulations are followed um, or promoted by the staff, it all depends on what kind of culture um, you're putting into the school and whether or not the people there are buying into this culture. Uh, Because you can have strategy all day long, but if there's no communication that people aren't on the same page, Uh, a strategy is going to go by the wayside and your 80% is going to drop back down to 60 to possibly even lower.
0: And Jamie, I want to interrupt you for a second because I stopped using one of the words you just said. I stopped using the word buy-in and I use the word ownership now. I use the word ownership because I want my staff to own what we're doing. I want them again, mastery, autonomy and purpose. I want them to own it. Our motto this year, our theme this year is carry the banner. How can you carry the banner? I'll give a shout out to Jimmy Casas. I heard him at a, a, a conference this summer. How can you carry the banner for our school and our community? Because we're not just the Port Jervis schools, we're the Port Jervis community and they go hand in hand. I'm gonna right. give a shout out to our mayor, Kelly Decker. Kelly's our mayor. Kelly was a police officer and he's a school teacher in the building. I mean, he's got all, all of the things connecting. Lives and dies for our community, literally. and. You know, that's my challenge to each staff member this year. How can you carry the banner? And I want them to own that, not just buy-in. Because we're not salespeople. We're teachers. We're making connections with kids, and it's our community. So uh, I've stopped stopped using that word. Good, good. Believe in the ownership is, yeah, much better. I love that. Yeah, you have a company, right? Your virtual assistant who did a great job setting this up, by the way. Good, good you. thank um, you. <laughs> but you, you're, you're an owner in that, so you care about that. You care about it. if you were just a, a salesperson for it, would you have as much motivation? You know, for your company, if you, if your face and name wasn't on that sweet logo, would you have as much care? Own. They got to own it, and that's why they own their classroom. They own those relationship with kids. They don't want me saying, hey teach it this way because I'm the principal and do it like that. Do it the way that works for you, that works for kids and and connects with kids. And if it's not working, let's find a way that we can can do that. Love it. I love it. Wow. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? Nah, man, I I dig the work you're doing. Uh, I think it's great. There should be more talk about culture. Right. I agree. Because there's so many strategies and there's so many ways, you know, my man, Dr. Gilbert says, you could be taught to do anything. Um, you know, one of the careers I'm stepping away from is officiating and in the world of officiating, right. It's right and wrong, black and white. Um, but so much of that I learned was again, not necessarily, you know, it's not the word culture is not right, but just the relationships that referees would build with coaches, would build with players. Um, one of my people that I admire is Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know if you ever read any of the Gladwell books. You know, Blink, and uh, um, uh, they're escaping me right now. Um, but one of the things he did in one of the books, uh, Jamie, was about, and if you've got to go, I don't want to talk too long, but it, oh, no. he, yeah, he, he uh, did a study of why doctors get sued. I don't remember, I think it was Blink, um, the names of the books are escaping me but it's Malcolm Gladwell but he why do doctors Outliers yeah I think it's Outliers there you go thank you Um, so why do some teachers have problems in the classroom and others don't why do some referees have all kinds of problems in the game and others don't and why do some doctors get sued Gladwell did that uh, survey a study and you know what the reason was what what do you think what do you think it might be communication yeah. What else? You have a doctor that you love, Jamie? Uh,
1: I don't know if I love the doctor, but um,
0: I, I enjoy going to... Yeah, a relationship with uh, it, right? Yeah. So if you love your doctor and they make a mistake, are you going to sue that doctor, no. right? All doctors make mistakes. The percentage yeah. of mistakes are pretty even but it's the doctor, uh, Gladwell did the study. They recorded the doctor's uh, rooms, not actually what was being said. The recorder was actually in the other room. They recorded the amount of time, who did the talking, and the tone in the voice. So the doctors that spent more time with the patients were less less sued. The doctors that did the less talking, your word, Jamie, listening were sued less. And the doctors who, again, um, I don't present to people that I'm the principal and master of all things, but no, hey, I'm with you here. We're doing this together. The doctor is not talking down to the patients yet. Hey, I'm here to help you. Let's help one another. Let's talk about your health, right? Talking with the person, not down to the person. And it was those people that did those things that were sued less. The teachers that have the best success in the classrooms, it's the same thing, right? When parents come screaming down in my office, I want to talk to Jamie J because he yelled at my kid, you know, if that if Jamie J has called that parent two or three times already and Jamie J was in touch with that parent, they, they would reach out, hey, you know, Mr. J, can we talk about, you know, Samantha? Uh, something's going on. Yeah, what's going on? You know what I mean? Because you built that relationship. You spent time with that parent. So those are just tremendous things about uh, uh, culture and and relationships. In the world of refereeing, right? When I was brand new to refereeing, I was getting calls right. And the other guy might have gotten some calls wrong, but the coach is yelling at me. Well, why was he yelling at me if my calls were right? He knows the other guy. The other guy asked him how his wife is doing. How's the season going? How's, you know, how's your relationship with the AD? Did you get that new contract? He built relationships. He developed a culture with that coach. Mm. The coach knows he's a human being and not just some robot blowing whistle. So I'm going on and on about culture, and I but I, I'm pumped up about it. And, um, you know, that's why I said we got to connect here. And I know you're going to come on my podcast. Uh, yeah, later in the fall, here yeah, I'll give a shout out: Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Um, you know, so uh, that's something that I'm looking forward to having you on as well, and hopefully my beer will be.
1: Yeah, so, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Education, Leadership, and Beyond is your podcast. Yeah, man. Oh, that's yeah. so cool, man. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you for all you're doing. You're writing a book—that's a big deal. It's yeah. a huge deal. Um, and I think maybe the only thing bigger than that is is family. And, and what you've done there. Um, I'm a big believer in the life balance, not work-life balance. And it seems to me like you're really, really nailing it. And, and uh, kudos to you for, for finding your stride and being able to share that with so many other people. I think it's fantastic.
0: Well, that's cool, Jamie. I got my nice little uh, uh, untucked shirt here. But under <laughs> that shirt, I got my swimming trunks on because it's 90 degrees here <laughs> in Northeast PA. And we're going to the pool right after we're done with the podcast. Oh, there you go, man. <laughs> right about that, Yeah, man. Well,
1: enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the water. Uh, yeah. Congratulations again. And thank you
0: so much for taking the time. Uh, really appreciate you stopping by. Absolutely, Jamie. And if I could help any of your, your people out there, and if any of the entrepreneurs or, or business people that you uh, might listen to this program, you know, if, if they want to have a conversation about how the world of education and, and business you know, there's similarities. I'd love to connect. Uh, again, my Twitter is at AndrewMirada21. Uh, certainly on my website, too, is Um and, and Jamie and I are becoming fast friends here, and we're going to connect. And uh, uh, I think it's great. But I appreciate you having me on. You're doing great work. And uh, keep rolling, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. A lot of Morada. There you go.
1: Andrew, a lot of Murata. I love it. I love it. Uh, so you're listening to Cultured Strategy with yours truly, Jamie J. Uh, and doggone, go out, get the book, The Principle Surviving and Thriving. 125 Points of Wisdom, Practical Tips, and Relatable Stories for All Leaders. You can see it here. You can go to com. I think it is, right?
0: com. Yes, sir.
1: And uh, you can... Uh, Go check all that out. I'm going to post everything in the show notes that we talked about today, all the links and all that, so you'll be able to grab that there. If you're driving down the road, don't worry about writing it down. Uh, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll have it right there on your phone. Uh, if you are subscribed to the episode, if you're not subscribed to Culture Eat Strategy, uh, please go and do so and give me a rating review. I would hope for a five-star, but if you want to give me a one, give it. Let me know what I'm doing wrong so that I can fix it. I want to get better. I want to do, uh, I want to do my show. I want to do me, but I also want to do culture. And I want to make sure that what, what I'm doing here along with Andrew and all the other guests, uh, that this is something that's resonating. Cause as Andrew said a little bit earlier, culture is super important. And it's not talked about enough. And, uh, I, I believe in leading with kindness and that has a lot to do with culture before strategy ever yeah. takes form or place. So looking forward to uh, next episode. If you have any questions, please reach out to us. Uh, You can learn more by going to culture.bottleneck.online. And uh, yeah, have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks again, Andrew.
0: Thanks. tuned.